It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal today's show is also being brought to you in part by my book Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold and you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show, just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by our new 24 7 uh, television network. Uh, all the information can be found at ginicousa.com, G I N I K O USA.com. Watch our show and other stuff we've done over the years like all of our uh, Billy C's Boxing Revisited and a lot of special other events we've uh, done all uh, on this network. You can watch it on Roku and uh, all the other streaming uh, platforms. Just uh, visit uh, Ginico USA uh, for all the information. Um, Sergey Kovalev uh, well he returned to the ring. He looked pretty good uh, we're going to talk about that and some other fights on that card. What what a crazy, you know, let's start off by this. I, what a crazy situation. I mean, first of all, you got to tune in to one of the 47,000 ESPN channels to watch some of the fights. Then you got to go to the other one. Now, if you really were fo- following the bouncing boxing glove yesterday, you would have went on to ESPN Plus first to see the undercard. Then you would have had to switch over to ESPN to watch two of the events. Then you would have had to switch back to ESPN Plus to watch the main event. And, oh, by the way, they had six commentators, okay? Six. And that doesn't count the ring, the uh, corner guy, uh, Bernardo Asuna. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was a little bit overkill. But, nonetheless, Sergey Kovalev regained uh, a light heavyweight world title. He improved to 33 wins, three losses, and a draw when he won a unanimous decision over uh, the now former uh, world champion, uh, Eldier Alvarez, who drops uh, to 24-1. and The way the judges scored it, 116-112 twice, and one judge had it 120-108. to um, I... I Personally, I, 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 no, personally, I only gave Alvarez one round. Let's see what Sal Rocky Senecola thinks. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Oh, not too bad, brother. Not too bad. What did you think of the fight? Well, I, I, I definitely, like I said, I after the last Kovalev fight I saw when he lost to, to uh, Alvarez, I said he's done. And uh, it just goes to to show, you know, any given night, anything can happen in the ring. 
he didn't look well after that first fight, and he was stopped. He ran out of gas. And it was almost, I don't want to say quite a repeat, because in the seventh round, I gave that round to to, uh, to Alvarez. Um, and that was the round that he got knocked out in the last time. But um, uh, needless to say, if I had to force Alvarez to get another round, I may have given him the 11th. But uh, other than that, I had to score 118 to 110. And uh, uh, Kovalev looked good. He looked good. He didn't look great, but he looked very good. He was solid. And why? Because he was busy. This is what he should have done all along. This is the Kovalev that we expect to see. He countered. He went to the body. He mixed it up. Kudos to Buddy McGirt. He's a master trainer. He was a master fighter. And, uh, you know, he was he gave him the instructions. And guess what? Kovalev listened to those instructions. When he was told to move to the right out of the way of, of uh, Alvarez's hand, he did that. When he was told to box, when he was told to go to body, he did that. So he listened to his trainer. He fought a good fight. He let his hands fly, and his ring generalship saved him. And, and I'll tell you what, he dominated that fight. And, you know, I don't be surprised if there's going to be a rubber match for whatever sake it might be. Well, they're talking the possibility of him with some of the other titleists, but he, he's still not the same fighter. And, no, and, 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 and I agree with you. Buddy McGirt, I, I've always said, you know, I, Buddy McGirt is an underrated trainer. Uh, now, where, where, well, where, I, where I, you know, he's a no-nonsense guy, yeah. you know, and he knows how to win. Now, he might, yeah. be, he might, might not be the trainer that, that uh, like a Freddie Roach, for example, He's a go sick him boy type trainer. He wants you to attack, 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 which makes for an exciting fight. Um, that's why a lot of people think he's such a great uh, uh, trainer. Um, but he's very one-dimensional. Buddy McGirt has got the old uh, Al Davis from the Raiders. Uh, you know, his philosophy is just win the fight. You know, similar to my friend uh, uh, John Scully. He's the same way. You know, I, why... Why risk anything when you're winning the fight? Uh, Floyd Mayweather had the same mentality. You know, so, I, you know, is it fan, uh, you know, do the fans love that kind of uh, uh, fight? Mm, not so much, but a win's a win. Sergey Kovalev back uh, with a world title. As far as his style under Buddy McGirt, boxing more. We've seen him box well, Sal. The problem yeah. is, is when you hit him back, you know, I, he, he's... He's the ultimate definition of a bully. You know, he'll yeah, he'll yeah. walk all over you if you let him, yeah. but you yeah. punch him in the face and he backs off. Uh, we learned that when he fought Andre Ward. We learned that in his first fight with Alvarez. He seemed to uh and the one the what just to interrupt myself, the one thing that I think he really yeah. bought into Buddy McGirtsau is Buddy kept telling him relax, be patient. Don't get excited in there. Don't get excited. Stay calm is what he kept saying. And I think Kovalev was staying calm. What's your thoughts? I thought he was. And you know what? There was no real sense of uh, of uh, pushing desperate desperation button or, or the urgency button. He, he went through that fight in a very good fashion. He was stable. And you know what? Kudos on his conditioning. Like I said, he almost had a repeat because I think uh, that seventh round was the toughest round for him. He got caught with a couple punches from Alvarez, and Alvarez obviously has some power. 
and I think he shook uh, shook uh, uh, Kovalev. However, I give I give Kovalev a lot of credit. He took maybe one or two rounds. He he pulled back a little bit. He got a second win, and I thought he closed pretty well. I thought he he sustained a good level. Uh, like I said, he fought going backwards. He fought going forwards. He his jab was busy. He went to the body. He came with that choppy right hand. He hit him with a hook. It was it was definitely Kovalev's night. And uh, you know, like I said, the tutelage of Buddy McGirt uh, and the instructions that was a good relationship between fighter and trainer. And I have nothing bad to say about this performance that night. Now, as far as conditioning, I think that he was in the best shape I've ever seen. As far as being not winded, I didn't see even in the even in the final couple of rounds. When, you know, I, I forget which announcing team they kept switching everybody out. As, one, as a matter of fact, you know, as a matter of fact, during one time they, they, they had a mistake. They had a guy delivering popcorn and they threw a headset on him. And all of a sudden they were like, wait a minute, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, 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 but I didn't think he was tired. You know, the thing was, yeah. was that Kovalev, I didn't, every time they threw the camera on him in the corner, I didn't see him breathing hard. I didn't see him fighting with his yeah. mouth open. I saw a well-conditioned guy, and one of the comments that were made uh, by uh, that was made by by one of the announcers, I, I lost track of him, was that the first thing Buddy McGirt did uh, was he uh, he he didn't he didn't want him to overtrain, and yeah. uh, one of the yeah. commentators, I think it was Timmy Brown, was saying, you know, um, you know, he himself had a tendency to overtrain. And when he got with Teddy Atlas, Teddy Atlas told him, hey, you know, we, we sparred for 12 rounds Take yesterday, take a day off. And he said it really helped him. And, and he thinks that the uh, ch the changes in the training uh, regimen uh, of uh, Sergey Kovalev, you know, incorporated by, uh, by James Buddy McGirt, um, has helped him, and I, I thought it showed. Uh, I, I thought it showed true in, in the fights, Al. Um, as a matter of fact, Alvarez seemed uh, more tired, uh, even though he was the younger fighter. Well, yes, I, I think you're right, and I think he is younger by a year or two. He looked a lot younger, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we learned a couple things uh, in that fight that Alvarez is missing a couple knuckles on his right hand. Uh, I didn't know that. And also, did you know, did you know, Billy C, and it's, this, this shook the hell out of me, did you know the championship rounds are round 9, 10, 11, 12? One of the commentators said in round 9, this is the championship round, we're going into the championship round. It, it blew my mind. So well, I just, no, I, I just that way. Since, since they got rid of the 15 rounds, I've always thought, because... By definition, the last three rounds are yes. supposed to be cha considered, quote, championship rounds. So that would make, uh, you know, if you count on your fingers, that would make 10th, 11th, and 12th. So, yes. I, uh, I mean, how about your fingers? I, I mean, you know, let, let me count them. Is it 10, 11, 12? Yeah, I, I would think that. But but the truth of the matter is, is um, – you know, uh, as far as that goes, if we had fifteen uh, minute, if we had fifteen rounds, fifteen three minute rounds, uh, the complexion of the sport would be so much different. But uh, incredibly different. Uh, and I wish, I wish we could put a push to get that back. And and you know what? Would I settle for even one more round? Make them a thirteen round championship fight? 
I would like that better than what's currently a 12-round fight. But, uh, you know, the 15 rounds, those championship rounds being the 13th, 14th, 15th round. Look at how many fights were won by by opponents, whether it was Ali Frazier, whether it was uh, uh, Leonard, whether it was, you know, th- those were the championship rounds because that's when you rise to the occasion. I mean, you, you, it, 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 I just wish they would go back to the 15th round, at least the 13th. We're not going to. I mean, you're not even allowed to. T- today's the Super Bowl. You know, you're not allowed to tackle quarterbacks. I think they're going to go to three Mississippi next year. You know, I mean, you know, they, we've, we've, we've come, we've become uh, uh, a bunch of wimps. But uh, anyway, as far as uh, Kovalev is concerned, I thought he looked good. Now, as far as how he will fare against some of the other uh, top light heavyweights, I think he's the odd man. I can't see him beating Bivol. Um, he still doesn't like getting hit to the body. Interesting comment no, was made during the fight. Uh, another thing about the body is he doesn't really deliver any body shots. No. You know, and I'm saying to myself, you know, I, I thought I recalled at one time that he uh, he lost several points, several, two, at least two, during a fight uh, for low blows. And, you know, not to be confused with all the low blows that Andre Ward uh, laid on him, but the truth of the matter is, is you know, he seems to have abandoned work in the body, and he wishes that his opponents would abandon work in the body because he doesn't like getting hit in the body, Sal. I mean, you hit him in the body, and it seems to neutralize him right off the get-go. Uh, I, I agree with you 100 and, and that would have been the, the strategy that I thought that Alvarez would have tried to do because I think he did it a little bit more so in his last fight. But, you know, like I said, a win's a win. He, he looked good. He was dominant. And uh, we'll see what's, what's left now. I don't know if I read it or I heard it, but you, you know all uh, three of the major belts now in the light heavyweight division are held by uh, Russian fighters or, or, or that block of countries out there? Ukrainian, yeah. I, I, listen, Ukraine. you know the 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 truth of the matter is, is they're better fighters. I mean, I, you know that the, they fight each other. You know that I don't even want to go down that path nah, right now. We'll we'll, we'll 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 yeah. start. We'll get to that a little bit later. But let's talk a, a little more about some of the other fights. Now, technically, if you depend, if you were breaking down the broadcasts. The co-main event for Kovalev, even though it wasn't considered the co-main event of the evening, um, but uh, the fight that led us to Kovalev Alvarez uh, featured uh, Tiafimo Lopez, and he fought Diego Magladeno. If you missed this fight, you really need to go back and watch it. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez is a kid to keep an eye on for sure. Diego Magladeno is no slouch of a fighter, and this was a good fight. Uh, Lopez uh, is showing us why he's such a, uh, uh, a, a an interest. Uh, a lot of fans have so much interest in him. He's an exciting fighter, and he finishes the show. Now, he, in my opinion, he dominated uh, uh, Magladeno. He did slow down a little bit, but uh, he dominated. He picked it right back up. And uh, the end of the fight came at 1 minute and 8 seconds of the seventh round. When uh, when Lopez uh, just nailed uh, Magladeno, knocked him down, he tried to get up. He started going backwards, uh, couldn't work his arm uh, the way he should have, and, and the fight was waved off. Uh, Lopez improves to 12-0 with 10 knockouts. Magladeno 
uh, fell. Uh, he lost his third fight. He's thirty-one and three now with uh, thirteen knockouts. One thing that ruined the performance for Teofimo Lopez, in my opinion, was him doing the home run uh, swing uh, over the fallen body of uh, of Magladenio. Now, normally that kind of thing wouldn't upset me in the past. But, you know, when you're looking at the way the fight game is today and everybody's looking out for it, that's a show of unsportsmanship. Uh, and and I, I, I didn't think he needed to do that. The point was made and well taken that he dominated and finished the show. Uh, and um, I, I think that's going to cause some bad blood. What was your thoughts on the fight, Sal? Well, you're right. Exactly. I can't really even say too much more or expand too much more on it. You were absolutely right there. And, uh, you know, we, we want to see humble winners. We want to see uh, uh, a sportsman-like or sportsmanship in the ring. Uh, you know, there, there's there's always a great union between fighters that leave it all out there in the ring, and at the end of the fight, they at least acknowledge and respect one another, uh, and, and as I think they all should. But uh, but it was a good fight, and... Uh, to that degree till the end and uh, I'll, I'll tell you um, I was uh, curious to see how that Italian fighter which I know you're going to talk about was going to do uh, and uh, he didn't fare too well but, well uh, well you know I, just just finishing up with Teofimo Lopez as uh, Chris Meyer would say I mean he showed uh, some ringmanship himself you know uh, yeah. you know <laughs> I can't stand that term. It's ring generalship, Chris With Meyer. Ringmanship. Yeah, oh, no, that's right. It's not. No. It's ring generalship. I, I, he was you know, saying. I, I, he was saying it's ringmanship. You know, and it's like you know, get somebody that knows this. That where, where are they getting some of these people from? You know, I actually liked the 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 team of um, of of Joe Tessitore. Andre yeah. Ward and Timothy Bradley. I thought Great. those three were great. I can't stand Mark Kriegel. Um, why they had to go to? I, why? I just want to know why. Do first of all, three broadcasters is well enough. Okay, you got your oh, yeah. you got your blow 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 guy, the main guy, um, theoretically. You got your analyst. And then you have a perspective from normally a, a former professional fighter or even at times a, a current professional fighter. I like that. And, and you Great know, format. I like two. Personally, I think a blow-by-blow -blow guy and an analyst that could have been a former fighter. Two people are, are, are perfect. The perfect. third guy, depending upon who it is, can bring something to the show. But do we need three more? Do we have to go and get three opinions from the guys at a ringside and then shut, you know, pass it up to the to the booth where you got three more guys sitting at a table getting the same thing? We're getting six opinions. And oh, by the way, you got the roaming reporter, you know, in this case, uh, Bernardo Asuma. Uh, you know, he's in the corner. Uh, you know, I, and I, I just think it's overkill. You know, I, I just I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But Teofimo Lopez, uh, a, a guy to keep an eye on. Let's talk a little about uh, the WBO featherweight champion, Oscar Valdez. He improved to 25-0 with 20 knockouts. Um, and he, too, is uh, with a new trader, Eddie Reynoso, when he beat um, Carmine uh, Tomasone. And uh, Tomasomi, I should say, Tomasoni, 
who drops his first loss. Um, they made a couple of con, uh, comments about uh, Tomasomi, and he said, uh, they said, well, he, he doesn't really look like a fighter. He looks like a race car driver. Uh, he wasn't fighting like a fighter, in my opinion. You know, when I think of Italian fighters, Sal, and, I, and I'm sorry, but when I think of Italian fighters, I think of, of tough, gritty, you know, come at you guys. Now, now, granted, a lot of the Italians that we're talking about, like in the 50s uh, and beyond, were, were uh, you know, Italian-American fighters. You know, when you go back to the 40s and 30s, the Italian fighters were, were all tough. I mean, just brawling, tough, entertaining guys. And then uh, it kind of took a turn. And, and, and what you see now is you see these Italian fighters that try to be boxers. They can't take punches. They, they're lovers, not fighters, Sal. I mean, uh, you know, we, we saw that with, uh, uh, with the fight uh, yesterday uh, with, uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, Carmine uh, Tomasoni. What, what, what did you think of the fight? Well, just what you're saying, I'll expand on a little bit. Tomasoni, he, he didn't really look too much like a fighter. Certainly not like an undefeated fighter. But you knew who the B-side was when you saw him with only five KOs out of all those fights at victory. And uh, I, I, I predicted the fight wouldn't go the distance. But uh, um, he, he didn't look like his legs were underneath him. He didn't look like he was balanced. He didn't look – and he, he looked like – well, Valdez was just – effective he was cutting the ring off he was moving forward i like his style with his hands up he's compact he was explosive from the position he threw combinations and i don't think thomasino sony ever really had the opportunity to gain a momentum or a path or so and he he uh came up as it was predicted or so that he was going to be knocked out and certainly that punch in the end it was a beautiful short right uppercut and uh, it caught Tomasoni, and it was lights out. Like, what the heck hit me now? But, uh, uh, you know, back to the drawing board for him, and we'll see what's next for Valdez. But definitely, he Valdez dominated that fight. It was no question who was going to be the winner. Yeah, well, Tomasoni, first of all, he has a good jab. And yeah, the thing, and you, and, and, yeah, but, that's, but that's all he's got. And, and, you know, uh, Oscar Valdez, you make a great point because if you go back and watch some of his earlier fights, he didn't keep his hands up. His defense was suspect. It's, it's clear that he worked on his defense. Um, but you made another interesting point that I, I agree with you. That's what I said. I said I agree with you. I said I agree with you. Um, I, you know, 100% that the – a and B sides of, of all, with the exception of Kovalev Alvarez, all of these cards were clearly labeled A side, B side. And, and the thing that bothered me wasn't that because most of the time, um, you know, most of the time we know who the A and, and B sides are. But what was starting to bother me all night last night um was how the commentators, all 7,500 of them that were involved in these shows, um, were were also very biased. The way that they were calling the action wasn't what was, was really in front of them. I think the sign of a good commentator for boxing is calling the action that's taking place in front of you. These guys were, were publicists. They were all talking favorably of the A-side. And everything that the A-side was doing, 
you know, whether it was good or bad, they would comment on. The B-side was, he just happened to have been the other guy in the ring, and, you know, it was just a matter of time. Now, we'll get to some fights that took place on Friday where they started off like that, and the fights didn't uh, end up that way. But did, did you notice what I'm talking about? Yes, I did, Billy. It was so true. And uh, I'll tell you, like I said, even even uh, during, I think, the Kovalev fight, the, the, the female was saying how, uh, well, this is what we, we were seeing, uh, dominance by Kovalev, but uh, we, we believe that some of the sports writers around us have it maybe a little closer than what we thought. You know, so, it, 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 you know, it is subject to an opinion, but, heck, you know, you hopefully majority of the people are using the same tools or the same foundation or the same boilerplate, the same mold of how to judge and score a fight. It's not always the truth, and that's not always holding true because it's subject to human error and subject to opinion. Well, if, if boxing is subjective in, in a lot of cases, but my point was that, um, you know, it, it just seemed like the commentating was geared towards the A and B sides, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, yeah, like, you know, not, not even, we, we don't have to get to the, uh, uh, you don't even have to get to the scorecards to hear them. I mean, if you, you know, I always put myself in, in, in a situation where I, I, I say to myself, if I, if, if, if I didn't know anything about boxing and I was flipping through the channels and I, you know, stumble across one of these, you know, what, what, what would I take from it? And the right. way the commentators build that show and, and discuss that show, I, you know, you're going to think the A side is Superman and the B side is, you know, somebody that just was, you know, on the corner, just, you know, having a bagel and a coffee and they threw him in the ring, you know? I mean, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, some other fights, I, I tell you, I, I was shocked um, to see this go as, as quickly as it, as it did, but... Um, Richard Comey. Now, I said Richard Comey was a, a good fighter last week. We were talking about him. I thought he was going to have a little more trouble with Chaniev. Not because Chaniev is a power puncher, because there was the guy with five knockouts. He had five knockouts coming in, and uh, the winner of this fight gets, uh, I don't know if it's an award or what, but they get to fight uh, Vasily Lomachenko. But uh, Richard Comey, uh, Comey uh, took, uh, made quick work of uh, Isaac Chaniov, uh stops him in the second round uh, with a beautiful uh, uh, shot that uh, uh, put Chaniov down and, and out 39 seconds of the second round. He was in some serious trouble in the first round. It was clearly uh, a mismatch in this fight. Sal, did you uh, get a chance to watch this one? Uh, no, I did not. I did see a couple of highlights on the reel this morning, but uh, no, I didn't see that one. We were We were... We were slammed last night, Bill, and again today for Super Bowl. Forget about it. Well, the the uh, Chaniev falls at thirteen and two. Uh, was more of a, a a boxer. There was supposed to be more of a boxer, but uh, you know, uh, Richie Comney did what he had to do, and I, I like this kid. You know, despite yeah. who his trainer is, I, I really like him. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what I'll happens. Keep my eyes on him in the future, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's uh, definitely worth it. Um, just to get through uh, uh, these other fights that took place over on the other side of the pond, uh, there was a, a triple header that was uh, uh, pretty good to, to watch um, if you had the chance. Uh, undefeated European uh, junior middleweight or super welterweight, whatever you want to talk 
refer it to. I, I know depending upon the sanctioning body, they it's the same weight class, but called different things like tomato, tomato. But uh, Sergio Garcia, who was the European champ, improved to 29-0 and with 13 knockouts when he scored a uh, unanimous decision over formerly, formerly unbeaten Ted Cheeseman, who drops uh, to 15-1 and with nine knockouts. It took place in London at the O2 uh, Arena, a place I would always love to go. The way the judges scored it, uh, 119-109, two of them. And then one judge had it, 115-14. So, you know, for everybody that thinks it's just on this side of the pond that we get these crazy uh, scores, not so much. It happens uh, on the other side of the pond, too. It always makes me wonder about those scorecards, Sal. You see two of the judges pretty much seeing the same fight as most people. And then that third judge, well, just, just for kicks, we'll just call him, you know, the plant judge, the corrupt Adam, judge, Adam the, judge the, the judge, the judge. How does she even still? Don't even get me started on her. She she hasn't. Let's nickname him from now on, Adeline. Yeah, because she she shouldn't even be scoring, and she has. No, but uh, no. uh, nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, look for him uh, to get uh, a world title shot his next time out. Uh, also on that card in the cruiserweight division now. You know, we uh, here in the U.S., we don't, um, which is wrong, we, we don't really put the cruiserweights as, as high as I believe they we should. Uh, to me, cruiserweight is basically a heavyweight of yesteryear, and um, it's an exciting division with a lot of talent. That, I mean, just worldwide talent in the cruiserweight division. If you're not a fan of this division and you're here in the U.S., start Give it a chance because these guys are, are quality. Just like a young fighter last night in London, Lawrence Oakley, he improved to 11-0 and with eight knockouts when he took care of uh, Tomas Lodi, uh, who drops to 20-12. and 12. Three rounds, uh, put him on the canvas four times. Um, this is a kid to keep an eye on because you'll see him uh, with a world title around his waist at some point. And uh, in the light heavyweight division, another guy you're going to see soon uh, because of the division itself. Um, and, and and quite honestly, this fight was, was an extremely, aside from the main event between Garcia and Cheeseman, um, this was a very uh, even fight going in. Uh, Craig Richards uh, improved to 14-1 with eight knockouts when he stopped Jake Ball who only loses for the second time in his career in the third round. Uh, ball hit the canvas uh, in every round. He drops to 12-2. and two. So a pretty entertaining card over from uh, London, Sal. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what we usually are, are expecting now. And, and, and they are. They're competitive. They're entertaining. And these guys come to fight. So uh, what else could you ask for? They're a good, good, good uh, crop of fighters. I could ask him to cut my lawn, uh, you know, put out the garbage, but that ain't going to work. But uh, on Friday night, there was some uh, pretty decent fights uh, uh, on uh, Showtime. Now, these fights took place in upstate New York, not upstate like where I am. I'm upstate East Coast. Um, and then other people refer to upstate New York like Buffalo. I, I refer to that as Western New York, but Rochester. Now, I know how... Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I know how cold it is here, but they were complaining 
how cold it was in this arena on Friday night, in the arena, in the dressing rooms. I mean, um, that's a dangerous situation, Sal, for yeah. fighters that um, are, you know, cold. You know, I, I mean, you know, yeah, you're supposed to uh, loosen up, build up a sweat in the dressing room, but even a walk that goes from the dressing room to the ring and then the time for all of the introductions and, you know, this one and that one and this whole thing, you know, you, you, you cool off. I mean, that's not a smart thing. I mean, I, I don't care where the location is. They should maintain uh, at least considering the fighters. And, and by the way, if I'm a fan, I don't want to have to keep my snorkel jacket on while I'm sitting in my seat either, you know. But uh, um, nonetheless, this was a night of fights where the favorite, the A-side, um, was supposed to come in and, and win, and, you know, the scouting of the opponents might have been not that great. They were evenly matched fights reminiscent of uh, the showbox next generation of yesteryear, which I loved. Uh, right. In the, in the uh, main event, DeAndre Ware. Now, if you're a football fan, you're saying to yourself, where have I heard that name before? Well, yeah, because he was a, 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 a superstar in college football, started in the sport of boxing late, and seemingly, at least at this stage of his career, is heading in a positive direction, more so than most uh, converted football players. Uh, he was fighting Ron Ellis. Now, Ronald Ellis is a name in, in a division where... Uh, you know, a lot of people were waiting for him uh, to become uh, that next guy to get uh, to get a shot uh, in right. the uh, in in the light heavyweight division. And um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I think it's super middleweight. Uh, but Ronald Ellis dropped to 15 and one with a couple of draws when Andre Ware came out with the win. Uh, he improves to 13 and one. The way the judges scored it. Two of them had it uh, 96-94 uh, in, uh, uh, in favor of uh, uh, Andre Ware, and the other judge had it even at 95-95. It was a close fight, uh, but uh, DeAndre Ware, his aggressiveness and the fact that he was landing the harder punches won this fight for him. This fight could have been scored either way, Sal, because Ellis seemed to have landed more uh jabs and they weren't little you know little mosquito jabs they were decent jabs and you know how people always go to those punch stats well this is a clear indication of the fight was closer than the stats were and the reason right. the reason though was that in the beginning of the fight the first you know half a dozen rounds or at least definitely the first five where was totally dominating Ronald Ellis in terms of punch output, landing punches, body work, etc., etc. As the fight wore on, Ellis started to, to, to dominate a couple of rounds. He won several of those later rounds, obviously, but the punch stats never really went in his favor. So when you look at the punch stats, the right guy won, even though they weren't really... You could throw 100 punches in the first round and land 95 and then not throw a punch again for the rest of the fight and still lead on on punches. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes it's not no, um, it's not I, legit. I do. And, and, you know, what was going through my mind as you were describing that so so carefully, and you did a, well, a, a good job. You know, it seems like so many things uh, today are, are judged or 
can be predicted using these algorithm kind of techniques or, or methods. And then, you know, I, I, I don't mind telling you, uh, my legalized gambling is stocks and, 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 and options and all this. So these guys use all these algorithms to try and uh, calculate a, 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 a certain level of risk. But you know what? The last thing we need in boxing is an algorithm kind of punch stat to help people judge a fight or, or come up with a score. And that's exactly what you're, you're hinting to on that level because uh, you could see how those punch stats could almost uh, uh, mislead in the calculation of round by round uh, if they're continuing on an additional momentum of, of gaining the punches each round which might not be as significant as, as some other rounds. Like I said, it's a it's a it's a vicious cycle, and you got to keep the human element in the game. Um, the other fight on that card that was a bit of an upset is um, the uh, the Madeira uh, Matisse fight. Um, Madeira improved to thirteen and zero with two knockouts, and this was a short uh, notice fight for him. Uh, and um, he uh, he won a decision over uh, Matisse, who drops his first fight uh, of his career. So, I mean, it, there was a couple of upsets in that fight. There was actually uh, some other fights on the undercard that were uh, that were interesting. So, um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I wanted to stick to the fights from uh, from last night. But uh, some good stuff uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, pretty much on the dominating network, Sal, which, you know, it's become... Yeah, you know, I was thinking when I was watching Top Rank and, you know, how they, you know, built their alliance with ESPN. Could you imagine if Top Rank and um, uh, Eddie Hearn's match, uh, Matchroom Sport, they built an alliance? I mean, boxing would be, so, oh my goodness, it would be great. I mean, a dominant alliance. I mean, it would be... Basically, it would be like, hey, this is this is our group here, and it would be so much in favor of, of you know, it, it would be great. It'd well, be great. it would I mean, be boxing because um, Golden Boy kind of works a little bit with uh, Hearn now, uh, and Top yeah. Rank has always been, you know, they they want their own, you know. But I'm not so sure Top Rank has the quality stable that Eddie Hearn has at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see, and don't count out Richard Schaefer. Uh, Richard Schaefer's no. back in the mix, and uh, his World Boxing Super Series is is great. So he's going to align with one of them. I think it's going to be uh, Eddie Hearn, but we'll see what happens. But um, we're going to get Alex Papali on with us uh, in a little bit, Sal. Uh, but uh, I have several emails that I wanted to read and uh, and get uh, uh, your thoughts before we get back to the Kovalev fight, because I do want to talk more uh, about that. But uh, this was from our friend Jesse. And he um, uh, is, uh, you know, gives his predictions of this fight. So we'll see how he did. Uh, he says, here's my picks. Well, he was like you. His first fight, he says, here are my picks. Alvarez knocking out Kovalev late. Sorry, Jess, you were wrong on that one. Komeny, uh, Komeny, 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 Komeny. Uh, Richard Komeny, um, split decision over uh, Isa. Uh, you, you got the right guy winning but it was a knockout and a blowout fight. He says, Valdez, uni uh, uh, unanimous decision over Carmine. You got the winner right, but it ended sooner. Tiafimo Lopez, 
a late stoppage over Diego. You got that right. He says, I expect movements from Valdez such as defense, better boxing, patient, no wasting punches, and sticking to his game plan. You hit that one right on the head, Jess. Uh, that's yes. exactly what I saw with Oscar Valdez. He says, uh, Kovalev will be done after this fight. Supposedly, <laughs> I heard that Kovalev doesn't treat people good, and he doesn't pay his sparring partners well. He doesn't take boxing serious. If you don't take boxing serious, it'll come back to haunt you. You know, maybe that was some rumors that were uh, spread around him. Uh, you know, he was conceived as as being invincible. The crusher! You know, but, yeah. uh, you know, his invincibility... Well, his invincibility was questioned... Uh, and went out the window when Andre Ward beat him twice. He, you know, has gone through trainers like, uh, you know, Sal uh, goes through pizza guys. And, uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is I think he's got his, uh, the right guy in his corner right now. And uh, we'll see. I don't know how much longer he has for his career. He's no spring chicken. He really doesn't have anything else to prove. I've always thought that it's smart to go out uh, on top. And uh, he's got a lot of... Uh, Tough, light heavyweights that have belts, uh, specifically Demetrio Bivol, that'll uh, uh, just, you know, I don't think he, he fares too well against Bivol. But anyway, uh, Jesse says, Billy, I agree that Josito had to had his chance to finish Keith Thurman in the seventh round. He didn't cut the ring. He overthrew his punches, punches horrible technique, no jab, no defense, no head movement. Uh, still gets hit much too much. Footwork slow. He's not patient. But I love him. I, I love. I, I mean, I'm right. He's right. All of those things. But I love uh, Josito Lopez. He says Thurman versus Pacquiao uh, next, or the winner of Ugas versus Porter, and Lopez versus Broner, or the loser of Danny uh, versus uh, Granados. He says Lopez needs to improve and not revert to his old self, especially defense, overswinging, uh, etc. I don't know how much is left with Josito Lopez. He's been in a lot of wars. In a lot of wars, man. Yeah, and, and as far as Keith Thurman, you know, if uh, Pacquiao doesn't get the Floyd rematch, I think Pacquiao beats Thurman. Uh, the, the version of Thurman that we saw against Josito Lopez is not going to beat any of the guys. I said it last week. He's not going to beat any of the top uh, fighters. He certainly can't beat Terrence Crawford. I don't think he beats Manny Pacquiao. I don't even think... He beats Danny Garcia or Sean Porter uh, in a, in rematches. He's just not the same fighter. He we saw it in his last his two fights before the Lo, Lo, uh, Josito Lopez fight, which I talked about last week against Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. I felt he lost both. You know, so uh, Keith Thurman wasted the prime of his career. He had a lot of opportunities um, with um, you know that he couldn't fight because of you know questionable injuries and questionable accidents. I think he pissed his career away, to tell you the truth. Um, the reason why he wants Manny Pacquiao so bad is because he's cashing out. Let's be real. I mean, that's looking like he's cashing out, Sal. And if I'm Manny Pacquiao, I like that fight if I don't get Floyd. And and all Floyd's doing is sitting back. He's going to he's gonna say, I'm, I'm liking retirement, and he's going to force Manny Pacquiao to fight Thurman. And Thurman's going to connect with Pacquiao. There's no question. Then after that fight, uh, providing Pacquiao wins, then Floyd will be like, okay, I'll fight you. And you say to yourself, well, Pacquiao got older, got more mileage on him. I mean, I, anybody that values Floyd as a legitimate fighter, a smart businessman, positioning and all of that, you can't deny it. Uh, a talented fighter, can't deny it. But he's certainly not the type of fighter that goes and proves 
uh, by fighting the best of the best when they're their best, you know. And um, I give Manny credit, a, a lot of credit, for fighting at this age. And even though he's not the same Manny Pacquiao, he's still fighting at a, at a high level. And I think he beats Thurman. I, I know you feel the same way, right? Or no? You know, I, 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 I'm not sold on that. And I'll tell you why. I... I like Manny. I respect Manny. And you know my position. I said his only fight he should have came back for, the only thing he needed to prove, because this guy's already been to the mountain and back, is to get in a ring with Floyd Mayweather. Now, if that fight doesn't happen, yeah, I think a Thurman fight would be ideal. I think it's great. I don't want to see Fan uh, Fanny. I don't want to see Manny going up against uh, Earl Spence or, or, or uh, some of the other, other upper echelon that I think elitist fighters. Uh, but I'm not going to count Keith Thurman out just yet. I mean, it was his first fight back in, what, two years? So maybe he just will give him the – I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that the next time we see Thurman, he might be a little bit more, uh, as they say, over the pond, spot on, but we'll see. Yeah, it could be it, wrong. Yeah, but you know what, though, Sal? The, the thing is, is he looked I, – I, I agree with you with the ring rust. I agree with you about him being out. But the but the the reason why I think Manny beats him is because the truth of the matter is is he hasn't improved. I, if you're out of the ring, if you're out of the ring for two years, and you come back and you fight just like you did in your previous two fights, well then I'm not going to blame the ring rust. If he fought worse, then I'll blame the ring rust. Or if he fought better, you could say the rest helped him. But either way, he did not look. I, I don't see him getting better. I see the same things with him. When he gets hurt, he, he, his hands are down. He backpedals around the ring. He did the same thing in, in, the, uh, uh, in the Danny Garcia fight. He did the same thing in the Sean Porter fight. And, and Josito Lopez should have finished him off. He ran out of gas. Manny Pacquiao, at this point, I, I, I just don't think that Thurman will be able to counterpunch him uh, uh, flushly enough if Manny continues to move. And eventually Manny's hand speed, even though it's slowed down, is going to connect with Thurman. And I, I don't think Thurman can... I think Manny, even though he didn't cut the ring off properly against Floyd, I think that Manny will, uh, will do it better. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, the fight is interesting. I do have to admit, the fight the fight is interesting. You know, very interesting. And I'll tell you what, that was definitely, definitely a uh, a uh, different Manny than what we saw against Jeff Horn. So you know, uh, that's a night and day man. And uh, you know, same thing. I'm not going to say that I, I think Keith Thurman has that same potential because we may have already seen it. But you did make a good point. What we saw last time is what we saw last week. And, and basically, uh, the, there doesn't seem sometimes that sense of urgency. Like, you've got to go out there and prove things. Maybe because you are an elitist. Maybe because you think you're, you're going to take it for granted or you are who you are and you're going to win anyway. You're going to get by anyway. But any fighter that does that and goes into a state of compla uh, complacency is going to pay for it sooner or later. Right. Well, I mean... Uh... I just think it's. I think it's. In, it would be an entertaining fight, don't you? It would be. I th I agree with you one hundred percent. If uh, Manny doesn't get a chance to go back in the ring with Floyd, that is a good fight that I would like to see. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I think, I think we will see it because I don't believe that um, that Floyd will uh, will give Manny the rematch. But to be honest with you, right now, I think that Floyd can't beat Manny. I really do. I not not right now. When you look at you know Floyd's last fight against a, a kickboxer, an MMA guy, and then he goes and fights that that um, uh, against another kickboxer in Japan, that exhibition. He's just, uh, you know, and it's two years gone by. Uh, you know, Manny's still boxing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, don't be surprised, Bill. You heard it here first. Don't be surprised if you don't hear from Floyd's lips at the end of April or maybe May that he's going to fight Manny Pacquiao. I don't to say I, why. I I uh I hope you're right <laughs> because to say why. Well, the reason okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Hint, Wh hint. Why, Sal? Well, taxes are due April 15th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh I you're 100% right. Um sorry I didn't wait, wait, sorry. Say that one more wait wait Bill. Say that one more time. You're right again. That's twice. And uh, uh, no, I said no, no. The first one I said I I agree with you. Yes. Uh, so so you being right. But uh, anyway, he says. Um, let's see. Uh, this is still uh, uh, Jesse. He goes. Uh, Gerald should retire and Kaznaki versus Andy Ruiz. Now that he's a uh, he's whipped. Uh, PBC, Oscar Rivas, Ortiz, Parker, or uh, Michael Hunter. He still needs improvement and improve his option. Miller and Adam uh, are uh, sparring partners. Miller and Adam are sparring partners, so they, that may not happen. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Andy Ruiz against Kaznaki would be a good fight. I personally think that Kaznaki and Jarrell Miller, even though Jarrell Miller... He's going to be getting a world title shot against uh, uh, AJ, which I, I think is I think it's it's horrific that that this big fat pig who's fought nobody is getting a world title shot. I I, I think I think that that it, it could be the poster child for what's wrong with the sport of boxing. But uh, nonetheless, he says uh, Jaime still needs to improve, but he's the champ and he still must improve his opposition. Uh, doubt they feed him Hurd or Carlos. Therefore, Jaime against Charles Hatley, uh, Cedric uh, V2, Austin Trout, Dennis Hogan, Michael Soro, uh, or Brooke. Hard fights for him, but he will learn by experience. Two of those fighters, if he wins, uh, then go after Hurd or Charlos. Charlos are overrated. They're not that good. I would put my money on Jaime uh, Mugaya uh, over either Charlo brother. Uh, as far as uh, Hurd, Hurd's just a monster that takes a beating and you tire yourself out on him. He's a freak. Eventually, uh, he is going to uh, crumble like uh, the old chopping the tree down. But I think Mugaya, uh, they're taking care of, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does fight uh, one of those uh, uh, secondary-type fighters for sure. Thanks for the email. Um, heard it here first. Right, right. Um, we got another one I'm going to read real quick, and then uh, um, we will, uh, well, I, uh, this one is from my man Matt. Matt Quinn is uh, uh, 
uh, a good he's he's western new york he's a good follower of this show uh and he likes to get under my skin sometimes even though one of these days i'm gonna go fishing with him uh i've been invited to to go several times uh just matt didn't give me enough uh, notice but uh um, he says, uh, hey, Billy C., Miller versus Joshua uh, at Madison Square Garden is the rumor. Uh, Billy, you got to go to that fight. I want Big Baby to win just because your show would be the greatest recording in history of sports media after that. Uh, LOL. Um, you know, I, like I said, like I said, Matt knows how to get under my skin. But, um, you know, the truth, uh, not Matt personally, but I'm saying no, no, he, he no. knows he knows how to push the buttons. But, um, you know, the thing is this. I just touched on it, and, and timing is great. But, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is Jarrell Miller, and, and not, not even kidding, this guy does not deserve a shot at Anthony Joshua. Now, for Anthony Joshua... You can't blame him for taking the fight. because, And I, the reason why is because they did give Jarrell Miller some kind of a, a title. I don't know if it's interim or whatever, but it's some kind of a title, which is a joke in itself. But Anthony Joshua is going to make his $20 million because he's under contract. So he'll make his $20 million, even though he's fighting in, in New York. Um, and he's going to knock out Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller does not stand a chance. I think Kaznaki will knock out Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller is just a big fat pig. He's got the the thing about Jarrell Miller that is interesting is that his punch output is so great. He does throw a lot of punches. Uh that's why I think the Kaznaki fight would be very interesting because Kaznaki throws a lot of punches too. But the thing is is a guy like uh, uh, uh Jarrell Miller I think he's six foot four. Um, the, he's going to be giving up substantial height and reach difference to AJ or Deontay if he fights Deontay or Tyson Fury if he fights Tyson Fury. So, um, and, and when you you start talking about a guy who's six foot four, six foot three as a small guy, as, yeah, as a small guy, and and I know I know he's got the weight behind him because he weighs. I think he steps on the scale at six fifty. Um, but you know, so he looks kind of, yeah, he's like 650 pounds, that fat pig. Uh, he, he's kind of like Humpty Dumpty. You know, he's got the physique of a Humpty Dumpty. Um, he makes Tony Two-Ton Galento look like uh, Twiggy from the, from the sixties and seventies. Um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is he doesn't stand a chance with any of those top heavyweights and for him to get a payday just because of his mouth, uh, it's pretty sickening. And they're going to say that he's going to be the draw for that fight because he's a New York native. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it, honestly, it's one of the worst parts of boxing. You know, they're talking about Dillian White getting a shot again at Anthony Joshua. And, and they had already fought once before. But Dillian White earned it. He climbed the ladder and got uh, some big wins under his belt. He earned that fight. You know, you got to be able to earn the fight. Luis Ortiz is a is a fighter that fought and and lost to Deontay Wilder in in an exciting heavyweight fight. Had Deontay in all kinds of trouble, couldn't finish him off, and he's climbing a ladder again. He's fighting a couple of decent fighters. He's scheduled to fight again. He would be more of a legitimate. Uh, give him a shot 
at, at Anthony Joshua. Dillian White at Anthony Joshua. You know, I, I, I just, you know, Sal, you and I talk about it a lot, but a fighter's got to earn his shot, not be handed it. That's the way it used to be, Bill. And even, even though sometimes there were still little private concessions being made here and there, but no, you, the best thing is when you see a fighter who climbs up the rungs of the ladder to, to get to the top, I mean, that's, that's the way it always was and, and, and should be. And not just be handed a, a check or payday or, uh, or an opportunity that he did not earn. Well, that's the sad part of the sport of boxing, Sal, because it, it's... No wonder. I well, mean, it's discouraging for that young fighter, you know. So when well, you're when when you're when you when you're a young fighter and you're trying to you you know as a tr from a trainer's perspective, and well, and, and you're fighting a young uh, and you have a young fighter that's putting in all the hard work, and, and you're telling him keep you know keep doing what I'm telling you and we'll get you a shot. And then he sees a guy like you know uh, buffet. I can't miss a buffet, fat bastard. Jarrell Miller get a shot for for fighting and beating no one. It's dis, I would think it's discouraging. Well, it could be discouraging, or you know, if this guy look at it this way too, Bill. If this guy, this so-called young kid that has some potential and is working hard and is trying to make the old-fashioned way of working hard, training hard, fighting hard, climbing his way up. I mean, that kind of talent should and could be recognized and then it's just going to fall in the line of hey guess what i got an investor i got a money here slip this guy this and i'll get my title fight well that, that, that's 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 no but that's the way it is and 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 that's so sad because you got a kid that you know we, we we're gonna have to take a break but we've heard the same story for 200 years in the sport of boxing they came from nothing you know, Jack Dempsey wore his sister's clothes to school because they had no money. Uh, fighters that went to uh, barefoot, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think Sonny Liston and Joe Frazier uh, never had, um, you know, uh, shoes until they became fighters, you know, um, stuff like that. And, and, and they used this sport to, to lift them out of poverty. And, and you know, today you, you got those same kind of people. In today's world, obviously poverty isn't as uh, drastic as it was, but it's still bad, and people still use it to lift themselves out or try to use boxing to lift themselves out to a better life. And there is, you know, the hard work aspect isn't in their favor. They got to sell their soul to a promoter or a manager in order to get that shot, and it's it's terrible. It's terrible. It's the it's the really truly it's. It's the dark side of, uh, of boxing, uh, similar to the book uh, Black Lights by Thomas Hauser featuring uh, uh, one, of my, one of my best friends. Yeah, Billy Costello, who's uh, no, no longer with us, great champion. Listen, we're going to take a short break. Sal's going to uh, go uh, get another coffee and maybe use the turlet. And uh, we're scheduled to get uh, uh, our man uh, Alex Papali on. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be back in two. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. 
And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show, man. Come on. What are you, what are you, of course you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Hey, you want to watch us 24-7? Go to uh, our 24-7 TV channel. You can get all the information. See where it's playing. I know it's on Roku and uh, most of the major streaming services. But uh, go to GinecoUSA.com for all the information. You could sign up, create an account. It's for free, of course. G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A.com. Joining us right now uh, to tell us all about his thoughts on who should fight uh, Manny Pacquiao. No, 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 no. Uh, my man, uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? You know, it's always I always keep my fingers crossed to make sure I just don't see the lips move, but I can't hear what he's saying, you know. But uh, anyway, Sergey Kovalev uh, beats uh, Eldir Al- Alvarez last night. Before we get started, did you find it as painstaking as I did jumping back and forth from the networks? I mean, geez. And how many announcers do we actually need? There's six. I, You know, I was saying to Sal earlier, I think two is is enough, okay? Three adds just a, a, a better dimension. I did happen to like uh, Joe Tessitore with uh, Timothy Bradley and Andre Ward, or, or Dre, as they are calling him now. Um, but, uh, you know, when you have to go up to the other three up at the table and, and you got the Bernardo Asuna in the corner, um, I just think it was a little much. I mean, what's your thoughts? Um, I thought the the worst part of it, I thought, was that that they spent an entire evening um, teasing us on regular ESPN to have to go over to ESPN to watch the fights that were occurring in the exact same ring behind them, which was that was a little annoying because. But, you know, I guess it's not surprising they're trying to sell their app. Um, But that was you know, that was the part that I think bothered me the most. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of different perspective perspectives. Um, that does seem to be, it's like the pay-per-view model, uh, it seems. Like, there's the three guys at ringside that throw back to the guys who are at the table that's further away, but in the same arena. Uh, <laughs> I, know. That, I know. They've done that for a while now at, at pay-per-view. Only showtime. Well, and Showtime, usually it's the same three guys. I know. It's the three guys I can't stand. <laughs> right. Maybe there's one different guy uh, in that, that other group. But, yeah, this – I don't know. I disagree with you on Mark Kriegel. I thought he was really good last night. Um, uh, the Dre stuff was funny um, because the first time that uh, they called Andre Ward Dre, uh, he broke out laughing. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny because I don't know if he was ready for that. He was, it was almost like, oh, you're gonna call me Dre? Well, all right. <laughs> you know, he's there, he's he good. He's good. I'm not. You see, I like Andre Ward and uh, Timothy Bradley. I think they're excellent. As a matter of fact, Timothy Bradley studied broadcasting uh, in school, so I mean, he does bring something. I, I think they're trying to get him uh, more as the guy. But I don't like Kriegel. I know why you like Kriegel, all right? Because, you know, he's more, he's the, he's, he's Larry Merchant. He's Larry Merchant. Well, that's, that's what I like about boxing. I know, I know. Even though boxing is simple, I like people to 
draw connections to complexity and to nuance, and he's good at that. Um, I, but I did, uh, I don't know, I thought that, um, well, let's, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I thought Max was maybe a little bit more upset than he needed to be um, about that, uh, the Shneev stoppage. Um, and he could have just waited a few minutes or, or, or an hour because the Magdaleno stoppage was even more ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. But why you know, was the Magdaleno stoppage ridiculous? Oh, I thought that 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 whole I agreed with what um, Andre Ward said is that whole seventh round never should have even happened. Oh, oh, OK. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I mean, there's no way he wasn't getting up from that. But we'll oh, get to awful. We'll oh, get, that was just. And then that he's counting, uh, that was just crazy. Um, well, that was Mark Nelson, right? Um, no. Uh, no, it was a guy, it was a Mexican guy who I didn't... Um, Lu uh, Luis Pabon? I thought he was in... I got them all confused because they kept jumping I'll, I'll all around. That. It was... Um, well, it, and, it, it, referee it, Gregorio Alvarez. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I I've seen him before, but I he, he's not somebody that just you know comes to mind. Um, and yeah, he just seemed like he was reacting way too late to everything. It was almost like he was watching the fight. Well, uh, than get, being you know realizing he had an impact on it. Well, let's let's jump back and uh, well before that, I just want to comment on on Kriegel. You know, I unlike you. Uh, who's a literary genius, and and me, I, I, not so much. But 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 I would prefer boxing to be dems and does and these and don'ts. I think it just matches better. I'm sorry, my I, you know Larry Merchant used to always try to to drag it out, and I understand that there is a cool connection. You know when when you talk about it in you know such a <clears throat> educated way, um, but Kriegel. I, he just I, I like boxing people to be involved with boxing. It's the only sport that lets non-boxing people infiltrate it. If you look at any other sport, any other sport, you know, uh, with the exception of the main blow-by-blow -blow person, you know, any other sport, all the other people that are involved are, you know, that type of person. NFL people, football people, baseball people, you know, tennis people hockey people i mean the only sport that'll let some guy in that has uh, that's a non-boxing person is boxing you know so but anyway sergey kovalev uh comes back with buddy mcgirt and you of all people know that i love james buddy mcgirt as a, as a trainer um what was your thoughts on the fight i thought it was tremendous i was uh very uh surprised because i i you know, and I kind of am mad at myself a bit because uh, I, you know, me, I don't like to sort of go along with uh, the conventional thinking, and I, I did buy in to this the narrative that Kovalev was done, um, that you know that maybe this was main events trying just you know let's get Buddy McGirt in there and see what we could do with this guy, and but that he's damaged goods. Um, and that they were just sort of going through the motions with the rematch clause. That was not the case in the least. I didn't think he had the character to do what he did last night. Uh, it was awesome what Buddy McGirt did with him. 
it's almost as if, and he did mention at the end that he said, uh, Kovalev said, I don't know if you stayed up till two o'clock in the morning to listen to the interviews, but uh, he did say that um, uh, he fought more like an amateur. And that was clear. And that was one of the things that I, I kind of wanted. It occurred to me when Max made a big deal about the fact that Kovalev wanted to touch gloves after the foul in like the third or fourth round and Alvarez didn't. He was almost he was trying to draw this conclusion that that shows the bully is no longer a bully. I thought, OK, maybe. But it also could be that he's in a different mindset here. He's looking at this as a contest, and he's boxing, and he's going to box his ass off all night and stick to a strategy. Wait a minute. Let me let me ask you a question about that because that's a great point. Did you think of that after the fight? Because no. obvious, obviously— no I, no, I thought of it in that moment because I said, wait a minute. Because I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was saying, you know, wait a minute. I'm not sure I agree with Max on that because so far at that point, the way he was boxing was— lots of punches and he wasn't thinking about it didn't appear at least that he was going to war like he usually does uh that crusher mentality of i'm here to destroy a guy i'm gonna break a guy down he didn't seem to be doing that he was varying the rhythms on his on his punches and that's almost there's it's a much more of a strategic way of fighting that I thought, well, wait a minute, Max, let's hold off on that judgment because he might not be in that same mode tonight. And it certainly appeared that he was not. Um, I thought Buddy McGirt did a great job. I thought he did a great job. I didn't think, I thought he's an anxiety fighter, you know, that he's either in destruction mode or he's scared and he's coming apart at the seams. That's what we've seen happen to him against Andre Ward. But we realized, at least I realized, it seems that that's only going to happen when he fights the elite. And um, maybe he was overtrained, whatever happened that last time. But uh, he showed he could take Alvarez's punches very well because he took several of those great big cannon blast right hands. And, you know, they did nothing. And he showed that he had, um, he definitely has more in him. I, I think, I don't know, I don't quite think Bivol is the destroyer of the division. I think Kovalev versus Bivol would be a decent fight. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but I, I was pleased to see that he uh, he really sort of rediscovered, you know, the, the boxing of his youth. And you got to give Buddy McGirt credit for that, uh, for definitely get him getting him to a relaxed place where he could sort of be the old Kovalev. And it seemed kind of like he had fun in there. And he's not a guy, he's kind of a, you know, angry type fighter. Uh, but last night he was all smiles, which you didn't, yeah, I haven't seen in a while. You know, I don't think he's the old Kovalev because the old Kovalev is the guy that couldn't do this. Well, I, I think mean, the I, old Kovalev, the way he was saying, like old Kovalev back to the, the amateur style, like the, the guy who first started boxing. I, I mean, I've never seen that, but that's, you know, he definitely fought in more of, an amateur mode last night. Well, he fought... He he clearly listened to Buddy McGirt. Buddy McGirt's mentality is not... 
is not a fan. Fans don't love that style fight. We like to see destroyers go in there and 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 get a knockout. I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's what we all like. I, I you know, and, you know, the people that that enjoy watching a boring fighter like Floyd Mayweather, you know, run all day long, and they try to tell you that that's the sweet science. That's what they love. Ah, you know, if that's what they love, more power to them. But to me, the masses like to see. Uh, systematically a fight uh, a fighter systematically break down their opponent and and close it with a knockout I mean that's that's the sport of boxing and Sergey Kovalev under the tutelage of uh, Buddy McGirt similar to to our our friend John uh, Iceman Scully who's I've ha- who I've had many many discussions uh, about their mentality is um, just win the fight, you know, win the fight. Don't worry about the, the fans. Don't worry about, you know, a knockout. A knockout will come if it comes. But the bottom line is you win the fight. You throw more punches and land more punches than your opponent. And, oh, by the way, try to avoid some shots. The one knock I'll have on Kovalev, and, and I did enjoy uh, his boxing, and, and I thought that his conditioning was outrageous. I, I, I've i never seen him not huffing and puffing. He did not huff and puff for 12 rounds in that fight. I, I was a little surprised that they weren't, uh, you know, going uh, over the top with that. Um, but, but that's a huge, huge um, uh, improvement uh, for him. He, he seemed to run out of gas. I also supported and believed what Timothy Bradley was saying that he himself uh, knew what it was like to overtrain and, um, you know, improved his stamina by not burning himself out in, in, in the gym. You know, they, they saved some energy for the, uh, for the, for the fight. But, but the one thing I, I'm still unhappy with Sergey, uh, Sergey Kovalev is, Alex, is, is the simple fact that he doesn't throw very many punches, very few, to the body uh, of his opponents, which would break down their opponent, and uh, conversely, he doesn't like to get hit by uh, body shots. So that's that's a big problem. If he steps up and fights a guy like uh, Dimitri uh, Bivol, who works the body, he's in trouble. You know, I, I unless he's uh, you know like Mayweather and and makes a rule before the fight that you're not allowed to hit to the body and and makes his fighters go by that. Um, I think that that's still something that needs to be worked on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody. I think that's true across the board. Everybody should go to the body more. Um, but uh, I thought you know last night it 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 it, it worked for him. I think one of the things he was doing. Uh, well was um, he was using distance very well and that was something we haven't seen in a while where he was taking just these little steps back um, that were were forcing Alvarez to sort of set up again and while he was trying to set up then Kovalev would come back with the one twos and and you're right I think that is you know trainers like McGirt and uh, John Scully I think there's a lot to that especially when you have a big, strong guy in front of you, uh, don't try to go for a knockout. Um, just let your hands go. A guy who's as strong and big and as strong as Kovalev, the knockout's going to come. If you keep landing, you're going to do damage. Um, and I think that was where, you know, at least we've seen the, the part, the nights where Kovalev has sort of come apart is that he sort of had to be in that headspace where he realized, okay, um, 
I uh, I got to fight to win, not necessarily fight to survive. Uh, this is a contest. It's not a war. I think that really worked for him last night, that mindset. And, uh, you know, I mean, even in that, la- that before that last round, I thought the advice Buddy McGirt gave him. I mean, McGirt really, you know, a fighter's all alone for those three minutes from bell to bell. But McGirt, McGirt there's no doubt about it, you saw uh, – a different Kovalev in a lot of uh, in a lot of instances last night, and I think you got to credit Buddy McGirt to them for that. But the thing he had said to him before that twelfth, he said he's going to come out rough. You stay relaxed, use your jab, and that was great because it was just you know one bit of advice: use the jab. And he was he was telling him what to expect, uh, and he was doing it in a calm way. Um, I don't know, I. I it's uh, it's cool uh, to see that McGirt and him seem to gel. Uh, we'll see if they continue to work together. Um, but you know, going into the Hall of Fame induction, uh, it's uh, it's certainly uh, some nice gravy uh, for James Buddy McGirt's career because it definitely makes him. He did, you know, it was the first fight he worked with uh, Arturo Gatti, which was I think uh, Tehran Millet. And uh, Gotti looked great last that night, so uh, I think tonight, uh, you know, last night Kovalev really looked good. Yeah, he he did, uh, but um, I, I I don't know. I, do you think he's going to continue along these lines? I think so. I hope I, I hope so at least. I think that's the thing about Kovalev. The rumors about him, it does seem that you know. And this is not surprising. Fighters tend to be an arrogant bunch. Uh, that um, you know he wants to do what Kovalev wants to do, and maybe you know uh, he thinks I got enough out of Buddy McGirt. I don't think so. I think they should keep you know working together uh, because I liked what I saw last night. But um, you know that remains to be seen. I- I'm sure um, Kathy Duva is going to recommend. Um, Buddy McGirt stay there. I don't um, see why they would get rid of him. To be, I, yeah. I, I mean, I really don't. You see, he first. First of all, I, I just got to uh, jump here and give a shout out to uh, my man Joel. He just gave us a super chat. He said he wanted to know if I was interested in the bare knuckle fights. Unfortunately, I didn't see it. I guess there was a pay per view on it last night. I honestly didn't see. Like I was just telling him in the chat room, I honestly didn't see any. Uh, commercials for it. I, I do like bare knuckle fighting. I, I just wish that it would be real bare knuckle fighting. You know, if they're going to do it, let's do it. You know, and I and I'd like to see you know younger fighters in it. But uh, thanks to my man Joel, he's going to keep me up to date on it. But you know, Alex, getting back to Kovalev, um, you know, Kovalev, and and I do kind of agree with the bully mentality. You know, nicknamed the Crusher. You know, and and people scared of him and stuff. And you know, once that persona is erased, you know, the the bully comes out and like a true bully, um, you know, you punch him in the face and and you know he he crumbles. You know, and uh, uh, so so I do agree that at one point he you know he, he's he had the bully persona. I think he showed us last night that maybe he doesn't have to have the bully persona. Exactly. Um, right, and 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 I think that you know, following the bully persona, um, you know, he loses a fight. Uh, the first thing a bully does is not 
hold himself accountable. Okay, so the first right. thing he did was fire the the people around him. You know, um, because he won last night, and because something seemingly has clicked, whether it was one hundred percent Buddy McGirt forcing the clicking, or if it just was you know, uh, both of these guys being at the right place at the right time. I can't see Kovalev letting Buddy McGirt go unless he lost. Then you would see him change those socks again, you know. And as far as Kathy Duva is concerned, I love Kathy Duva. Um, I think that she uh, shows some spine. Um, she sticks with her uh, plan uh, she doesn't let these other uh, promoters or networks push her around, and uh, I was glad for her. Um, I think that uh, I think that she has been very loyal to Kovalev, and likewise, Kovalev uh, seemingly has been loyal to her. And um, I, I was I was happy for her. I was glad to see her uh, in uh, such a, a a positive mood. And plus, she still looks pretty good. But uh, um, I uh, I think Kovalev stays with Buddy McGirt. Yeah, I, I hope so, and I think you're right. And uh, and I think what what Coach said uh, that um, uh, Kovalev versus uh, Rosdick would be uh, a good matchup, not only in terms of you know there it's a unification bout, but also uh, you'd have the dueling brain trusts uh, of Teddy Atlas versus Buddy McGirt, and that that'd be kind of cool. Um, before we let you uh, go, I wanted to get your thoughts on. A couple of the, the other fights. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Teofimo Lopez against Dago Magladeno. Talk about a knockout. Um, I love this kid. I I think he I think he's everything that the hype suggests he is. The only problem is, you know, when you look at the way fighters are today, Alex, and how calculated they want their opponents to be. Who the hell's going to want to get in the ring with Teofimo Lopez after what he did to Dago Magladeno last night? Yeah, he's a um, you know pretty destructive guy, big puncher. Um, I do think that uh, you know it was a little classless. Hundred percent, hundred percent classless. The way he acted, especially to a guy that appeared to be in in a lot of trouble um, at the point when he was gloating. Um, the other thing that he did that I didn't care for was that little behind the back slap. He's not Pernell Whitaker. Um, cause if Pernell Whitaker did that, he'd land a legal punch. It would have gotten there by an illegal method and he'd get the warning, but he'd hit you with the knuckles. He, he like hit him in the face with the laces. Um, so I don't know. It just, some of that I didn't care for. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of the business of, uh, breaking a guy down, I mean, what, what's not to like, uh, it's scary. Um, I thought the funniest thing at, uh, of the night was as, as good as Richard Comey looked, um, that is a hell of a prize to win. Yay. I won. Now I get to fight. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's what I said. Damn. That's what I said. I said it out. It's like, all right, now he, he just earned a fight against Lomacheco. I went, Oh God, that's a bittersweet. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, you know, could, couldn't he win a, a, a shot? You know, couldn't he say, well, now I want a free trip to Disney world. I'm happy about it. You know, but, but yeah, the, the, you know, it's like going from the matrix, uh, simulator to fighting a smith <laughs> yeah well the 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 thing is, the thing is though he'll get a payday and uh hey he could change the course of history um 
Teofimo Lopez, when he did the home run thing over uh, Dago Magladano, was classless. I, I, I wasn't happy with that. Uh, that double uh, uh, left, boom, boom, you know, that put Magladano out uh, was, uh, was beautiful to watch. I like the kid. Um, you know, for somebody uh, with uh, 12 professional fights under his belt, he, he's going to be a guy uh, that, uh, that may end up um, uh, in the ring with Lomachenko himself at some point. And let's not forget, uh, Magladeno is no slouch of a fighter. This, this was a huge jump up in class for him, and uh, he took it well. Uh, one other fight I wanted to ask you about was, uh, uh, well, you have, to, you have to jump back to the normal uh, network of, of ESPN, but uh, Oscar Valdez uh, took care of uh, Carmine uh, Tomasoni uh, in seven rounds, Tomasoni, like I said to Sal, looked more like a lover than a fighter. Uh, but uh, Valdez improved. He he did improve his defense. Again, you have to base it on his level of opposition who he fought last night. But this is another kid that you got to love. I mean, he, he's been in some wars. He's young. Um, I think he is, you know, getting better. What was your thoughts in that fight? Yeah, I thought he looked really good. And I think at times they like were shying away from calling that a comeback fight. That absolutely was a comeback fight. He hadn't fought in 329 days, and it was coming back from a possibly career-ending injury. Whenever you come back from a massive injury like that, um, that's a comeback. Uh, so I thought he looked very good. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a future with him. Um, it's like he picked up where he left off, which was great. Uh the um and I, I like the way the mindset he had that he can't really think about the jaw because it's just like you know if you're going into every fight now worried oh my god my oh my god my jaw my jaw my jaw well then you're not in the right place mentally to to keep fighting uh and you know the part that I'm interested in supposedly he has a pet anaconda <laughs> of course you would love that but uh <laughs> but I I uh I think he's I think he's going to be around for a while and uh uh I, how about the story they were playing a pickup softball game and they clashed in the outfield and went right for his jaw everybody's thought you know if that would have happened he he running for a ball playing softball and he collides with another outfielder and breaks his jaw that would have been a godsend because if you're doing that and you're breaking your jaw certainly somebody that has any pop behind their punch uh would have broken his jaw uh Tomasoni did not, uh, but uh, uh, in any event, it was uh, it was an exciting fight. I, I looked more for the the improvement of his defense because he did have his hands up. Something I, I don't recall seeing in any of his previous fights. Right. Yeah, I I also enjoyed uh, watching uh, Tomasone from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I saw that in the chat room. I, I know you I know you really like that. I had, was, to, I had to use that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was Alex Papali's material. So if anybody else wants to use it, you know, you got to credit him. <laughs> but uh, Alex, great job as usual. And uh, we'll look forward to you next time. We do have a couple of decent fights on Slate that we'll be talking about uh, next week. So uh, we'll be looking for your thoughts on those. Sounds good. All right, Billy C. Take care. Hey, enjoy the Super Bowl today. Hey, who's your prediction? Uh, anyone but but the Patriots. Me too. Hey, you know, and I'm 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 pulling for the Jets. 
Oh, that's right. They're not in that game. But I will be going like, for the. I like the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. I'll talk to you. All right. Take care. That's uh, Alex Papali uh, giving us his uh, his thoughts and uh, wanting to get his credit for um, uh, his uh, his material, his comedy material. You know. So uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen some good out of Kovalev. Uh, he very well may not be the Kovalev technically of old, uh, the, the, the crusher, if you will. Um, but, uh, but, you know, what he looked like last night uh, seems to be, you know, interesting. And uh, to see him progress uh, along with uh, Buddy McGirt uh, is also going to be interesting to, to watch. As far as um, him in there with, um, you know, some of the other top light heavyweights, uh, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, on that. Uh, but, uh, um, you know. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, we're waiting. Uh, we're going to get Sal back on here as soon as his uh, camera is uh, is fixed. And uh, uh, see, sometimes that's all you got to do is uh, is just mention that uh, because uh, here's Sal right now uh, doing his uh, a couple of uh, he threw a couple of shots in the air and he's he's winded. You better you better sit in the corner and take yeah. a breath. I'm on a bagel. Oh, oh! You see, during the break, see Sal gets to have Sal gets to go and have bagels. He can go to the bathroom whenever he wants. You know, unlike myself, who sits here and starves and freezes, and and I, you know, I, I, I there's no bathroom rooms for me. But uh, uh, anyway, well, how about another email, Sal? Can you That's talk with and and he's washing the bagel down with a cup of coffee too? It must be nice. It, it it must be nice being in uh, Sal's uh, uh, studio right now. Don't take deep breaths. We don't want you to drown on air. But let me. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to tell you what I had when I when I just finished a little while ago. We had a last night special, one of the best. It was a crab stuffed codfish over a nice spinach risotto. And uh, I'll tell you what, and with a beautiful, on the side, this cream sauce that uh, that uh, complemented the uh, cod very well with the crab. Unbelievable dish. I had it. I didn't want to eat too late. So when I was watching the fights last night, I just had a portion of it. But, you know, today is another day, and I figured, hey, I got a couple minutes. Let me see what I can do. And I did it. It's done. <laughs> Well, you know me. I, I, nobody loves food more than me, but nobody can't. Nobody hates fish as much as me. So come on. Yeah, you know, you know that. You know that. You know that. I like two fish. I don't like to eat the slimy bastards. But uh, in any ever, event, you ever, you ever taste? Sorry, I, I don't want to get get into some fishy conversation. But have you ever tasted uh, what fish is my favorite? Chilean sea bass. No, but I wouldn't. I, you know, the only fish that I don't even like tuna fish, but but tuna fish in a out of the can. But but I did have a, a piece of a tuna steak recently that I liked. So maybe my taste buds are changing, and uh, and I will try. Yeah. But I'm not going to dive right in and I'll oh, have some scongeal. I'll oh, have some of this. I'll oh, have some of that. Take a snot tasting clam, a nice raw clam like 
friggin'. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's get going here. But uh, boxing, we can talk food later. Yeah, um, I got an email from my man Jeff from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He says, "Hey, Billy C, uh, hello to you and all of the talking boxing gang." Hello to you, Jeff. We appreciate it. He says, hey, I Jeff, how you doing? He says, I truly believe the boxing community should be talking big time about Mikey Garcia versus Errol Spence. I do, too. I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with, uh, with Jeff here. He says, to me, even with Spence's relative inexperience at the top level, this is a super fight based on Garcia moving up to weight classes and the huge height and reach disparity. Many believe Spence is a future superstar and we'll know uh, Gar- and we all know Garcia is a certified superstar right now. Clearly, Garcia must see something uh, he believes that can he can capital on to win this fight. Yet, after watching Linares get blown out by the bigger fighter, uh, there is cause for concern that Garcia could be moving a step too far. Uh, of course, Garcia has only ever demonstrated world class uh, a world class chin, unlike Linares. So I'm betting it will not let him down this time either. Hey, don't forget. Um, Garcia's been down uh, several times, I believe. I, I think he's hit the camp at least twice, if not three times. Uh, but he has gotten up, obviously, to win. He says, if Spence is as good as we think, we are, we are in for a classic match to showcase the very best of boxing. I have huge respect for both fighters' talents and their belief that they have the superior skills. Until shown differently, I will not bet against Garcia. This is what wanting the top challenges at your peak is all about i for one uh will talk non-stop about this fight and why it's the reason i love boxing love your show enjoy every episode my man jeff from bethlehem jeff i am in 100 percent agreement with everything you've uh carefully written in your email mikey garcia for some reason is not getting the the uh, attention he should. I believe that this fight is a super fight, which obviously it is, but I believe that Errol Spence, as much as I'm just like most others, believe that this guy has a boatload of talent and could very well possibly be the future of the welterweight division, I think that he has taken Mikey Garcia lightly. Dax Khan, who's been having some uh, uh, system issues and hasn't been able to join us, has said to me multiple times um, that, you know, he sees on social media Errol Spence changing and becoming that type of guy that believes his press clippings, thinks he's getting better than he's not. And when push comes to shove, when you uh, really take a, a good, hard, serious look at Errol Spence's, um, you know, uh, resume, Kell Brook is the only big name on his resume. And remember, Kell Brook had been in some pretty vicious wars leading up to that fight. Um, yes, Errol Spence broke his other eye socket, the, not the one that Triple G broke, but nonetheless broke one. Um, and we got to give uh, him all the credit in the world for doing so. Uh, but at the end of the day, I believe, just like Jeff does, that Garcia and his trainer, his brother, um, see something with Errol Spence. And like Jeff, I am not writing. I've been talking about uh, Mikey Garcia as a live underdog in this fight since they announced it. And it's hard to go against Mikey Garcia. What makes him win fights 
is if you throw and land two punches on him, he's throwing and landing six back on you. He wins every round generally, and that's going to be what he does against Errol Spence. He's going to try to at least. What's your thoughts on this email, Sal? I think it's a great email, and I want to say hello to Jeff. He, he's definitely one of our knowledgeable, many knowledgeable fans we have out there, and I, I think he's right on the money. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great fight. And Errol Spence, like he, I hate it. I like the guy. I think he's a great fighter. And uh, Mikey Garcia, I think he's a great fighter. So you know what? We're going to see uh, two great fighters get in the ring. So that's uh, that's what this this whole sport's about. That's what runs it. That's what generates it. That's when we know that boxing is always here to stay because that's the kind of fight that we we live to see. Um. Okay. So last week. Uh, or might have been the week before. I asked for some top tens, uh, current. Oh, last week I asked for current uh, pound for pound top tens. Uh, my man, Coach, who keeps uh, Sal and myself straight. Uh, thank God for he Coach was. in the chat Thanks, room. Um, he says uh, his top ten. Now this is current fighters: Vasily Lomachenko, number one; Terence Crawford, numero dos. Um. Before I move on, I'm in agreement. I, I could put either one of these at one and two, flip-flop them, and quite honestly, uh, I have them tied for number one. But uh, Coach has Lomachenko. I think it's a great call. Well, Co Coach has Lomachenko number one, TC number two, Triple G number three. He says, I do have him over Canelo, as I had Triple G winning both fights because he's got Canelo at number four. Usyk, Usyk at number five. Um, Mikey Garcia at number six. You know, I'm so glad Coach has Garcia in this mix um, yeah. because a lot of people forget Garcia, and I don't understand. Um, uh, Syracat saw Rungzavai uh, at number seven. This was the guy uh, that beat, um, uh, what's his name there, Kid Chocolate uh, twice, Chocolate. Uh, Miguel Burchild, number eight. Errol Spence, number nine. And Naoi Inui. Uh, at number 10, he says, I have number one and two very close, almost interchangeable. Okay, coach agrees with us. Uh, and he says he's got Garcia ahead of uh, a skilled Spence uh, because uh, of the much larger body of work. A and I agree. He says Joshua is not listed only because I don't rate heavyweights in this classification as pound for pound. And neither do I, Coach. So uh, great top ten, great current point. pound. What do you What do you think of his top ten, Sal? I think it was great. I thought maybe you could slip Deontay Wilder in there somewhere. No, oh, no. Oh, oh, First oh, of okay. all, you right. don't right. even say that. Deontay no, Wilder. Deontay Wilder may be a knockout puncher, but he's certainly not pound for pound. No, he I, I, he has I, no I, skill I, set, no defense. I, but I, but we don't even uh, we uh, well I and I guess Coach agrees with me. Uh, does not include heavyweights because pound for pound was uh, basically invented for every weight class but heavyweight. But uh, you're so right, so correct. You guys are right on again, man. I'll tell you, I, you know, so you know what I'm, you know what I'm, automatically assume that a heavyweight champion is the ruler of the world with his skills or set or punch or whatever. But yes, so that's where they came out with the term pound for pound because they couldn't all be heavyweights. So let's look at each individual fighter in each weight class. Who is the best that would overall be perspective? If they could be 175 pounds, they'd still be the best because of this reason. If they were uh, 118, they'd still be the best because of this reason. I mean, that's how I look at pounds. Well, the, uh, first of all, 
when when we only had one world, you'd had the heavyweight world champion. He was the best on the planet. Now there's yeah. several several worlds, several titles. But but the the whole idea of pound for pound in my mind is if you take a fighter's um, you know uh, attributes, his his strengths and weaknesses, and you carry them. That's the only thing that moves with the fighter, and then you move him up and down into different weight classes. Um, would he still be the best? And the answer, uh, that's how you get these pound for pound. In a heavyweight division, especially uh, the best example is you take a, uh, a guy like a Vladimir Klitschko or AJ or, or, or even Deontay Wilder is a, a good example. Um, you know, they got this height. They got this punching power. You know, they got this strength. Now, now, if you lower a Deontay Wilder down to, to welterweight or middleweight, well, he's not going to have, um, uh, you know, any height advantage. Uh, he may be tall and lanky, but, you know, he's not going to outweigh. And, and in Wilder's case, it, it's not the case in heavyweight, but like Tyson Fury's not going to outweigh somebody in the, in the middleweight division because you, you have a weight limit. Um, you know, you know, De Deontay Wilder in any other weight class gets slapped around like the redheaded stepchild. But uh, anyway, let's continue. Before, I'm not going to let you respond because I know debatable, you. Debatable. I, 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 I know, I know you got the Deontay Wilder underwear on right now. But uh, uh, this is this is from uh, my man Mitch. He says uh, this is Billy C's top ten hated list <laughs> let's I see what, yeah hear. let's see what he says uh number 10 he's going he's counting down it's like the old uh johnny carson show um number 10 mark kriegel not a boxing guy billy doesn't think he knows a left hook from a fish hook this is so true uh we, i actually brought him up today alex he's our literary specialist here uh on uh in in our billy c boxing uh family and that's why he likes mark kriegel uh but uh, uh my man uh, mitch is uh, right on with that not a big fan number nine keith thurman jr more of a track guy than a boxer no one-time knockouts in four years and that guy suspiciously quit no legit ko in six years he's 100 percent right i've lost a lot of respect uh for uh keith thurman uh, number eight, Adrian Broner. He says no explanation needed. You know the the sad thing about Adrian Broner is I don't really hate him. Um, I I I just think it's a wasted talent. I, you know, unlike uh, when Larry Hazard was part of the show, he and I disagreed. Uh, Dax disagrees with me. Uh, Adrian Broner was such a talented fighter in the lower weights when his dedication went away. Um, and he started fighting in bigger weights. That's when he really became uh, an idiot. But uh, number seven, he's got Sergey Kovalev. Billy believes in Andre Ward's low blows and thinks Sergey quit. I do think Sergey Kovalev quit in the, in that fight. So do you, yeah. Sal? Um, yeah. I, I, you know, Andre Ward did hit him low. Andre Ward. I think Andre Ward was a talented fighter, but he he. He just wasn't a household name, um, and then all of a sudden he thought who he was. Um, I never, I, I got to be honest, I was never a big fan of Andre Ward. Never, uh, I like him as a commentator. I think he's really good. Uh, but uh, but Kovalev number seven, I don't really hate him, but I'll, I'll take it there. Here's one for you, number six, Adelie Bird. No one's paid attention to the four or five terrible terrible scorecards she's had after the Triple G debate uh, debacle. 
Uh, number five, Saul Alvarez, Billy soured on him after failing two drug tests, blaming it on the meat, and then not showing for the hearing while hiding behind Oscar's comments. This is so true. Uh, Mitch knows me like a book, um, I, and, I, and I hope he knows me like my book. Mitch, you better have read my book. But uh, in any event, Saul Canelo Alvarez, no one was a bigger fan of his than me. Uh, I have totally did an about first. I, there's just there's there's nothing likable about him anymore. He's got this this attitude about him that uh, he's like the he's like the super stud jock in high school that you know walks around thinking who he is. That's Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, yeah um, you know what? You hit that on the head yep, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, number. Number four, Andre Rozier. I had to look at him in the corner. He's a oh, trainer. Boy. He's a trainer that thinks he's a a, a, a psychiatrist. Uh, Billy doesn't think he knows the left hook from official. He does know boxing. Uh, I just don't like his style, and I don't like him. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Number three, we're getting close to the top. Mario Ronaldo. Billy thinks this guy takes Riddle in 10 minutes before airtime and stands in the mirror each night practicing choreographed, predictable, ill-timed, not off-the-cuff analogies and and smiles. What's he saying? I guess he means and simulates when to use them when calling the fights. Um no one says how many times he's been to Japan or he's hitting that body like there's candy going to come out of it. Then uh, Ronaldo, he's the worst, worst. No one comes close to him. He is absolutely the worst blow-by-blow guy the history of boxing has ever seen. I know he comes from WWE. That's where he should go back to. Can't stand him. He's actually should be number one on this list. Um, number two, Floyd Mayweather Jr., guy who is the scum of the earth, who hasn't yet, but one day will truly learn his lesson the worst way possible. Domestic cases at least 10, notwithstanding. My man Mitch is right. He is the scum of the earth, and I can't stand him. Uh, he's number one, in my opinion. But the number one guy uh, that he says is my worst is that gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, maybe the most corrupt commission uh, in boxing, maybe. He says rejects uh, decent opponents for A-side guys because they're inferior, but then approves Floyd Mayweather Jr. against an MMA, MMA guy with zero experience. Uh, also excused uh, um, Adelie Bird for having an off night. And uh, yeah. Mitch says 110, 118, 110 for Alvarez. Really, Bob? Yeah, but, right, uh, right. Great yeah. list. Great list from... Uh, from uh, Mitch, he goes on to say, uh, I'm not sure uh, if these will change, but I'll give you another 10 months of the year, and they'll still be uh, top two. This is um, Billy C., according to Mitch, Billy C.'s top three businessmen of 2019 and some disturbing stories, uh, a disturbing story. He says, number one, Daniel Jacobs signs a deal for $15 million to fight Alvarez. If he loses... He's guaranteed two fights that will earn him at least $4 million per fight. He wins and becomes a $50 million man. Uh, this just goes to show you, and Mitch is right, this just goes to show you how they structure this because they know that they're not going to, unless Daniel Jacobs knocks out Saul Alvarez, he's not going to win this fight. It, it's, it's sad how boxing works today. He says, in reality, in reality Jacobs is probably worth 
850,000 to uh, uh, 1.5 million per fight. Good decision to leave PBC for HBO. Great decision to pick the zone. There ain't anyone in the PBC getting 15 million and definitely no B-sides. There ain't nobody minus Pacquiao in the PBC even making a minimum of 8 million in two fights. So I have to agree with Mitch here. That's a good business move, Sal. Um, Yes, I agree. Number two best businessmen of 2019, Jarrell Miller. Here's a guy who's done nothing. Yet he's about to fight Anthony Joshua in New York in June, uh, which move. which uh, is he's going to make. Uh, I think I heard five point four million. Uh, he says number three is to be determined. He says, but speaking of Jacobs, I find the news that he's getting four million in each of his next two fights kind of disturbing. Saul Alvarez already gets the advantages. He's the new Fayweather of Vegas. Uh, Jacobs has to win nine rounds to cleanly beat him. Uh, the story, he, he attached me a story, he says, basically they're saying, if, meaning when you lose to Jacobs, you're still going to make $8 million in two fights as a consolation. It's almost as if they, meaning uh, Team Canelo, are saying that out of guilt, they're like, you're going to, if you win eight rounds, we're still going to give it to Canelo. So here's $8 million in hush money afterwards uh, if you follow us. So uh, money-wise, uh, Daniel Jacobs is going to be making out pretty well. He hit it on the head, Sal. Yeah, I think he did very well. Uh, the only one that I, I – you're not going to like this. The only one in the other list that I disagree with, or I shouldn't even say disagree, I give a pass on, is your your buddy Moro Ronaldo. And I'll tell you what. Don't tell me because of his depression and all of that. I don't want to hear it. Everybody goes through it. and And you know what? Um, I, I, I don't want to hear it, I, please, and, and I'm serious. I, you know what? That's been getting all kinds of PR and everything. I don't care. I don't care. They did you know, a whole I, show on him. I don't they care. You know, no, I, I mean, I understand they did, but I don't care that he does that. You know what? You know, everybody in this country, Sal, Sal, you and I talk about this all the time off the air. This country, this world has become so soft. We're a bunch of softies. You know, everybody's got a problem. You, you know, I, you know. Oh, I, I'm depressed. Oh, here, take some meds. You know, now you're even worse. I don't care. But you know what? I'm moving on. I have another email here. This one's uh, uh, the last top ten. This was from uh, my man Johnston. You can actually you can catch his column up on BillyCBoxing.com. Here's his current pound for pound. T- I don't care, Sal. I don't care about Ronaldo, all right? I don't care if he's crying in the mirror. I don't care if they're wiping his tears during the damn broadcast. I don't care. You get it? All right. Jeez. I'm sending you an email. You know what the topic's going to be? I don't care. Here's Johnston's Johnston's top 10 pound for pound. He says... uh, uh, you asked for pound for pound. Here's mine. Lomachenko, number one. Crawford, number two. Usyk, number three. Canelo, reluctantly, he says. He's putting at number four. Triple G at number five. Mikey Garcia at number six. Rungzavile at number seven. Inoue, Neue, Inoue, number eight. Errol Spence at number nine. And he figured he would throw a Brit in there. Callum Smith at number ten. Um... He says Miguel Burchart and Leo Santa Cruz just misses out. 
Uh, looking forward to the show. Thanks for your pound for pound. Very good ones as well, Johnston. Um, and Leo Santa Cruz. You know, you almost forget about Leo Santa Cruz. But uh, next week, Sal, we got some good fights we're going to be talking about. Javante Tank Davis taking on no Abner Mares. That's a good fight. Abner Mares is tough, wants to prove he's moving up in weight. And uh, Javante Davis uh, is a fighter we all think is uh, talented. talented. Uh, talented. Love this fight. That'll be on next week. Uh, Abner Mares. Oh yeah. And then and then on a weird day uh, on Sunday, I, I guess it's going to fall on a Sunday. Jose Ramirez against Jose Zepeda, uh, and Ray Beltran against Hiroki Okadata. Uh, so uh, maybe that fights in Japan. I don't know. But it, uh, both of the fights will be uh, on television here in the U.S. Showtime for the Davis fight. And uh, ESPN for the uh, Ramirez. I don't care about Mario Ronaldo, Sal. I just don't care. Just in case you were wondering. But uh, I was wondering. <laughs> I was. But but anyway, we got some great fights coming up next week. And I know it sounds uh, bad because, in all seriousness, uh, uh, depression is a serious uh, uh, issue for people. Uh, but as far as Mario Ronaldo, I don't care. I don't care. But uh, in any event, hey, listen, we were glad you guys uh, shared our, 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 our day and uh, we look forward to you next time. So make sure you tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da na 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 na